to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. Michigan's manufacturing industry could soon get a huge boost thanks to some legislation that is taking shape in Washington, D.C. A bill would push the government to buy more products that are made here in the United States. And it would also invest more than $50 billion in new semiconductor manufacturing. Now, those semiconductors are in high demand as supply chains have been disrupted during the pandemic. You think of the idling of auto plants, the delays in purchases of computers and things like that. They all boil down to this microchip shortage that is caused by the disruption in the supply chain. The hope with these bills, of course, is that creating more manufacturing right here in the United States will leave us not worrying so much about similar shortages in the future. Now, it looks like the legislation has significant bipartisan support, something we don't say often these days about major bills. Here to talk about this bill and her role in these Make It in America provisions is U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, a Democrat from right here in Michigan. Senator, welcome back to Detroit Today. Well, good morning, Stephen. It's always great to be with you. Yes, it's great to have you here. So let's start with you explaining what these bills would do. How would they work? Well, we're going to vote next week on a a large piece of legislation called Competition Innovation Act that's work of a lot of different committees and a lot of different individual bills. And two of them specifically relate to things I've been doing. One is strengthening Buy American laws, and the other is putting money into investments to make our own semiconductors in America so we are not dependent on Taiwan or China or any other place uh, for critical parts that we need for manufacturing. So the Buy America provisions are something actually, I first introduced a bill back in 2017 with, at that time, the former president talking about um, strengthening the Buy American laws. And I thought, well, maybe we could move forward, you know, in a bipartisan way. Um, things didn't happen. So then I did a report working with Michigan businesses who were uh, pointing out to me all kinds of loopholes and ways in which other countries were cheating on our laws and and getting around it, and um, and again, pushing, and then um, there was no action. But the good news is that when President Biden came in, his folks said, we understand that you did the, the first of its kind by American uh, report, and we want to be briefed. So we briefed them on what was happening, and the loopholes, and the lack of accountability and transparency on how the federal government agencies do waivers of the law and so on. And they decided that they were going to enact administratively uh, everything that they could back in January, and then that they would work with me to get this permanently in law. So that's what's going to happen next week. We're talking about tightening up the law so that uh, waivers are only used when you really don't have an American Mm. business that can do the work. Mm. Uh, And um, bottom line, American taxpayer dollars, American businesses, American workers, uh, ought to be the ones uh, that we're contracting with. And then, as you said, the other piece that's also in there uh, deals with uh, these semiconductor chips who uh, I didn't know much about until all of this happened after the pandemic and the shortage and so on. But mm-hmm. it turns out there's probably 40, 50, 60 different of these uh, semiconductors in your vehicle. Mm-hmm. They It's every electronic function. So from the brakes to the turn signals to the 
dashboards. I mean, all these connectors uh, are, are part of a uh, semiconducting uh, chips. And uh, it's critical that we are making those things. And frankly, all of the supply chains here in America. I was yesterday with um, folks in Saginaw at a place called Chemlock Semiconductor that makes the, the basic materials for these things. Mm-hmm. And they're working on solar panels, and almost all the solar panels that we use in America are made in China. And on autos, electric vehicles, they've got, uh, you know, China's putting in $150 billion to make sure they own all the electric vehicle batteries, cell, component parts, and so on. So this is an effort to bring it back to America uh, and, and win this race yeah. of the new clean energy technology yeah so so a lot of people are talking about this being this big boon here in michigan and of course we have a lot of manufacturing here and have for a long time that's kind of what we what we do uh but would this obviously also boost manufacturing in other parts of the country i mean it's great for us but this would also shore up uh some of these some of these problems elsewhere no question, Stephen. Of course, I'm biased. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but when we talk about making things, you know, Michigan's always at the top of the list in terms of uh, um, our innovation and you know our, our businesses and our workers. But yes, this is something that, and it's all kinds of semiconducting uh, component parts. There are things we need in national security. There's things we need in communications, moving to what's called 5G. Um, we need it in appliances. I've not only heard from uh, our uh, auto companies about Whirlpool in southwest Michigan. Their, their uh, national headquarters um, are having problems getting these same things for appliances. So this, this is about all kinds of technology and manufacturing, and it's critical, just as we saw that we were too dependent on medical supplies mm-hmm. during the pandemic, we are way too dependent on other countries for our manufacturing supply chain. Mm. And this is the moment to bring that back to America and to create jobs. Yeah, yeah. So, so President Biden has already put some of these rules in place by executive order. Give us a sense of how that's playing out and why the legislation uh, is necessary to, to sort of replace those executive orders. Well, we're, they're just getting started. And the most important thing is if you put it into law, it can't be changed with the next president. Um, so, um, for instance, um, right now you can provide a waiver if you can't find a company. But there's very little transparency. You know, agencies now are going to have to report how they made the decision, wh- where they looked. Um, also, in my bill, we would give information to small and medium-sized businesses through something that's been very successful, the, the Manufacturing Extension Partnership, to reach out to the to business to let them know, hey, there's a contract the federal government needs certain products, and maybe they could retool quickly enough. Maybe they don't make it now, but they could make it if they knew in advance. And so those, that information's being put out there now, uh, and there's uh, another look at uh, the kinds of waivers. There's a waiver in the public interest. Well, what does that mean? Or there's a waiver if the product's going to be used overseas. Well, Department of Defense just uses more of those waivers than anybody else, but 
they also, you know, just because it may be used overseas doesn't mean it has to be made overseas. Um, and so they're, what they're doing right now is really, you know, uh, new training, new focus on how decisions are made, new focus on uh, purchasing in America. We should be using all our tax dollars right now to create American jobs. And, uh, and so that, that's the focus. So uh, I want to change subjects just a little because I know we don't have uh, all the time that we might want with you. Right. <laughs> uh, I know. I but, would love – yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back soon. Right, yeah. right. No, we, we know you You are, are, are pretty good about uh, showing up to talk about these things. But I, I want to talk a little about this January 6th commission uh, and the Republican uh, ob- objections to it, the, the obstruction uh, to it, and just get your reaction to the idea that uh, that we're not going to be able to, at least from a congressional perspective, get into what happened, who was involved, and uh, hold some people accountable. It was pretty shocking, Stephen, that we can't get bipartisan support for something as simple as a independent, nonpartisan commission to look at what we all know happened. I mean, the country was attacked, our democracy attacked through an attack on the Capitol that hasn't happened for over a hundred years and police officers lost their lives and there were hundreds of uh, uh, injuries as well. And so the reality is that there needs to be a look just like there was on Mm -hmm. 9-11. After 9-11, there wasn't a big fight about doing an independent commission. It was something everybody agreed needed to be done. And now we need to do the same thing. And so um, that's – excuse me. It, I think we – I'm sorry, we got yeah, disconnected here go for ahead. a second. No. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I'm sorry. We're, we're coming into Ford right now. I'm going to be driving the <laughs> F-150 truck here in a minute, and they're, they're stopping us and wanting me to do something. So I, I apologize that's for okay. that. But, that's okay. Um, but the, the truth is that um, – uh, this should not be, you know, a partisan thing. And so it's extremely disappointing yeah. that that's occurring. And um, and I think it's just an example of, you know, how far the Republican leader will go to try to just stop things from happening. The one exception is this legislation we're working on, we're voting on next week. So it's very positive that we're moving forward on something, you know, that relates to uh, – uh, research and development and, and manufacturing and, and moving forward to tighten by American laws. But um, it's sort of the one ray of hope in the middle of a, a, what has been a very unfortunate struggle on things that we really ought to be coming together on. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask you quickly about the discussion that is kind of started but stalled maybe about whether to change Senate rules to make things like this easier to happen. The filibuster is is the thing that stands in the way here of, of just creating the commission with a majority of, of votes in the Senate. Uh, where do you come down on, on that question and when that question needs to be pressed in order to be able to move forward on things that uh, the majority in, in Congress wants to do? Well, from my perspective, just in the time I've been in the Senate, I've seen more and more abuse of the rules of things that used to be used very, very rarely. Um, in fact, 
are, you know, at the founding of the country that didn't even put in the Constitution anything about a filibuster. It was all about majority rule. Mm-hmm. And then um, over the years, this was something done once in a while, usually around issues, frankly, that related to civil rights or race and, and uh, you know, the, the fight that w- fights that were going on around those issues in Congress. And now on the, in the modern Senate, Senator uh, Mitch McConnell has made it an art form. It's used every day. And, um, and that's wrong. And so rules shouldn't get, a, get in the way of us actually getting things done for people. We've been through a, uh, a pandemic that has fundamentally um, changed people's lives. People have lost their lives. Uh, you know, we've been hit in very profound ways. And I'm not going to support allowing rules to get in the way of us actually moving forward and making people's lives better, make, you know, improving the economy, uh, getting our jobs back and successfully winning this new clean energy race, tackling climate change and voting rights and what needs to be done on common sense, gun safety and on and on and on. And it's just too much mm-hmm. that needs to get done. And the people that think we should be doing nothing or want to play politics just so the current president can't be viewed as a success, shouldn't be allowed to do that by abusing the Senate rules. So it's um, the rule, you know, the rules don't get ahead of what's best for people in Michigan in my book. Mm. Okay, uh, Senator Debbie Stabenow, always great to have you here. Let us know how that uh, F-150 feels out here. It is quite the vehicle. I am going in to get, I'm going to go test drive it, and I'm going to see if I can get a faster start than President Biden. So we'll see. <laughs> That's right. Okay, thanks All so right, much. Take care. Yeah, we'll talk okay. to you soon. Bye. We're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to talk with author Jess McHugh about the origins, the context, and the implications of 13 of America's most popular books. Jess McHugh's new book explores how these texts fit into our society as a whole and what they tell us about our history. Really interesting conversation coming up. Stay where you are. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today. 